Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Um... He has been absolutely torn from pillar to post by the media, and, and I think rightly so, as it's been revealed that he lied or misled the public and the organisation uh, and his teammates about his vaccination status and now has tested positive uh, to COVID and has had to sit out a game, a game in which they lost. Um, it uh, hasn't been a good week for Aaron Rodgers. It hasn't been a good off-season for Aaron Rodgers. It, it's certainly another chapter in the book that people will compile about how Aaron Rodgers is becoming one of the more difficult and self-centred stars um, in the NFL. What was your take on it, Rob? I mean, my take on it was, I agree with you, he's coming across as incredibly selfish and so sensitive, right? Because the only reason for him to do this, I guess there's two reasons. One is, I guess, so he could try and get away with not wearing a mask during press conferences. But the real reason is he didn't want to take the heat. He didn't want to take the criticism that Kirk Cousins and Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson and other quarterbacks that have not gotten vaccinated have taken. He doesn't like criticism, and he couldn't deal with the fact that people were going to criticize him for not being vaccinated, and so he lied. He flat-out lied. He said that he was immunized when he was asked if he was vaccinated, and then immediately after that he said, but I won't judge the guys that aren't vaccinated. So that gives us the impression that he himself is vaccinated. And he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew. And to try and go back and play these word games and do all this other stuff is disingenuous and it's insulting to our intelligence. We know exactly what happened. Aaron Rodgers is not nearly as smart as he thinks he is. And now you said it. He missed the game. The Packers lost. The earliest he can come back is Saturday, so we still don't know for sure if he'll be able to come back and play against the Seahawks. They could lose in either game, and they're trying to get the number one seed in the NFC, and it's kind of slipping away right now. Yeah, it is. And then to double down, I thought. I thought if there was a time where he could have just put his hand up, because I think the sporting public is pretty forgiving. If they, if he says, listen, I was scared of getting criticized. I wasn't certain about, you know, getting vaccinated. I've been reading different things. We've been getting different advice. Whilst, we're, whilst we probably are running out of patience with that from anybody, really, given what we know now and, 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 and what the, the facts are telling us, at least it would have been honest for him to say, listen, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. And yes, I lied. But he doubled down again on the Pat McAfee show, throwing up that oh, I was worried about fertility, which there's absolutely no evidence that the COVID vaccine... Uh, has any impact on fertility. I've checked that out myself. Um, he then said that I, uh, I've i been speaking to Joe Rogan. Now, I'm as entertained by Joe Rogan as anybody, as a comedian, a podcast host, and a commentator on the UFC, but I don't get my medical advice from comedians, just like I don't get my comedic advice from medical professionals. The, the doubling down, I thought, was almost as infuriating as the initial lie, because 
he just cannot ever accept responsibility for a situation. And I and I started to feel like that through the off-season, Rob, when he's pointing the finger at the Packers organisation saying, you're not giving me the players I want, you're not doing what I want. And they're sort of saying, we can't give you what you want because you won't take a pay cut for us to get those people. It's always someone else's fault with Aaron Rodgers. And I find it frustrating because I've always loved him as a quarterback. That's the only thing to love about Aaron Rodgers, but I think you <laughs> nailed it. Absolutely. The doubling down is what makes it worse. Everyone, you know, can say, I didn't want to get the vaccine, and that's their decision. I don't agree with it, but that's their decision. But to, to double down and say that I didn't do anything wrong, and it's the reporter's fault for not asking a follow-up question, it's never his fault, right? He never does anything wrong. He's never admitted to doing anything wrong. And he hit all the classic, ridiculous defenses in his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. He mentioned the woke mob. He mentioned, the, like you said, the infertility, talking to Joe Rogan, taking ivermectin. He even invoked Martin Luther King Jr. Like, oh, can we just... Nobody loves invoking Martin Luther King Jr. more than a white person that has done something stupid. It is unbelievable that he would even try and make that connection. It was just a disaster of appearance, and you're totally right. If he had just said, this was my decision, I was wrong to lie about it, the reaction would have been 100% different. Yeah, I'm almost looking at a checklist of how many other people you could have offended, <laughs> and and I don't know if he's missed anybody. Um, Rob, it, yeah, it's baffling, and, and from a football point of view, I mean, for the Green Bay Packers, as you say, they... They lose to a, to an out-of-form Kansas City Chiefs, who still didn't look in particularly good nick anyway. I mean, if it wasn't for a, a third-down conversion, one of those uh, highlight reel moments from Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes, then, you know, that game was still on a knife's edge late. Jordan Love was solid, didn't set the world on fire. This is the guy that they drafted, much to Aaron Rodgers' uh, um, displeasure. Uh, as a quarterback that they traded up to take him a few a couple of years ago. Um, he's been diligently learning and, and practicing under Aaron Rodgers. He got his first start. Um, what was your take on Jordan Love's performance? I mean, I don't want to crush anybody after one start. No. Uh, you know, it's been a while since he started a game. He looked okay he looked good and bad i thought he, he used his mobility at times to his benefit which i think is something that he can do a little bit but you know it's it takes time and it takes chemistry with receivers and players and you know i know the kansas city chiefs defense has not been good this season but they've got good veteran players and they still know steve spagnolo their defensive coordinator still knows how to confuse a quarterback with very very little starting experience in the national football league i think sometimes we kind of overlook that like you know you can't learn how to drive a car by sitting and watching somebody drive a car you have to get behind the wheel and drive the car yourself and and jordan love hasn't had a chance to do that yet in his career so then he was okay but i don't want to make any definitive statements based off of one start no, I'm a bit with you on that. Although, yeah, it, whilst there wasn't a uh, a wow moment or anything like that, there there certainly wasn't a oh dear moment either. So you know, you, you wait and see. And it, it, at the very worst, they might have he might have some trade value if they stick with Aaron. But I think that the way that he's behaved for the last maybe one or two years now, I think they'd be more than happy. I mean, there are those who say he'd be crazy to move off Aaron Rodgers. But I'm wondering if there's any more of these types of situations with him, whether the Packers will say, yeah, you're one of the best quarterbacks ever, but we've only ever won one Super Bowl with you, and that's not all your fault. But 
Um, yeah, maybe it is best for you to go and for us to, to find a, another direction, someone who fits in more with the the keepings and, and the mentality of, of the city that you're playing in and the, the region that you're living in and, you know, the, the organisation that you're playing for. He's putting so much pressure on himself because, like you're saying, you can only be a jerk if your play is so good that you're irreplaceable, right? Like Bill Belichick can be a jerk to his players and be gruff and grumpy all the time and very, very strict because he's got all those Super Bowl rings, right? You can't say anything to Bill Belichick because he can say, my way works, and as long as he's winning, it's fine. But the second that performance starts to dip a little bit, the tolerance for that kind of behavior goes way, way down because you're not getting the benefit of, you're not getting the return on that investment. So as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP, I could understand Green Bay wanting to keep him around. But if he's going to struggle or play anything less than that, why would you put up with the things that you're having to put up with with him every year if he's not going to play at that top of the league level? Yeah, we're speaking to Rob Statsguerra from SB Nation, host of their NFL podcast and the host of NFL uh, of the of At Niners Nation podcast as well. Rob, the thing about that is, for me, I get frustrated by okay, if there was no other, hey, it's not like there's not a guy who has shown the way to be the most successful quarterback in all time, and how you can do that in your organization by taking pay cuts, by um, being a strong leader, by embracing others, by elevating others, by taking what you've got and making it better rather than complaining about what you don't have um, and being selfless and proactive and being um, a teammate in every sense of the word. That guy's name's Tom Brady. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers has heard about him. They've played golf at charity tournaments together. It's not like, and I know Russell Wilson has had to learn this. It's great to see Pat Mahomes has already taken leafs out of his book, taking pay cuts and restructuring deals to keep good players in, to try and build success. But it's not like there's not someone who's shown the way in this. And so it's sort of, I'd be infuriated if I was, you know, his Aaron Rodgers' coach or, or GM or fan of the Green Bay Packers to say, there's a guy who's shown us what success looks like and how to achieve it. I think you're right about Aaron Rodgers. It's not all his fault that they only have one Super Bowl. But that stuff also doesn't happen by accident, right? There are ripple effects to every single thing you do. And I remember going back to when they used to have a tight end there, Jermichael Finley. He played there for years. And when he left, things did not end well with Aaron Rodgers. And I think it was something like Aaron couldn't even send him a goodbye text because he didn't have his cell phone number. And it's like, what? you didn't have this guy's cell phone number? You were wow. teammates for years. Tom Brady was texting every single one of his teammates before the Super Bowl, every single one, every night, about how they were going to win that game. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't have this guy's cell phone number? It just he, He's always apart from the team, and that that is not a formula for success. The Raiders, as we've spoken about, have have had a, a horrendous year off the field. Um, uh, obviously, everybody knows the story of, of what happened. Um, everybody knows the story of what happened with John Gruden, um, with the emails and, and him having to resign just recently. Henry Ruggs, the third arrested in charge of the DUI, but they've just, and they've released him. They've just had to release cornerback. Um, they've just had to release their cornerback, Damon Arnett, after a video emerged of him waving a gun and threatening to kill um, a troll on social media, and there'd been a few other indiscretions with him as well. Um, you just, 
I mean, I don't even know where to start with it. I mean, obviously there is a, a major issue with trolling on social media, but this is a response that we've never, ever seen before. And it's actually quite confronting when you have a look at it. I mean, that to me is someone that needs help, right? Beyond football. I mean, when you're waving a gun and threatening somebody's life because of something they were trolling you with, I agree, trolls are terrible, and that's another issue that we need to get a handle on. But I, when I see that from Damon Arnett, I mean, that this to me is someone that he clearly needs help. I don't know what's going on in his life, but maybe football is not the best thing for him right now. And it's it's from a, from a football perspective, it's a disaster for the Raiders. They have now let go of four of their top five picks from the 2020 draft, and each of those guys were picked in the first or third round. So those are very, very high draft picks mm. that this team has invested in who are no longer on the team, you know, a year after they were drafted. That is really, really bad for the Raiders. It's really, really bad for team building because that's your cheap labor in the NFL. And in a salary cap league, you need those guys to perform. And not only are they not performing, they can't even stay on the roster. What a day yesterday of upsets. Um, it was just incredible. We'll talk about the Raiders losing to the Giants, but there's a couple that are more significant to that. Um, I was fascinated to see how the Titans would respond after losing the best running back uh, in the league in the King, Derrick Henry. Um, number one for rushing touchdowns. I think he's number one for rushing yards. Stats, I'm encroaching on your territory uh, here. Rob Guerra from SB Nation, our guest on the Sporting Capital. They, re- they bring in Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Uh, and they beat the seven and one Rams to go seven and two themselves. I, I thought it was such an impressive um, performance from the Titans. What surprised me the most is that it wasn't Adrian Peterson that came in and carried the load and just sort of picked up where Derrick Henry left off. It was the defense. Mm. They had two interceptions on consecutive possessions. They sacked Matt Stafford five times. They turned those two turnovers into 14 points in just 11 seconds of actual game time, and they totally flipped the script because they were a team that was sort of carried by their offense, and all of a sudden now their defense rises up and shuts down one of the most powerful offenses we've seen in the league last year. It was just the latest example of what a sort of bizarro backwards week it was in the NFL. The Jags get their second win. Um, Trevor Lawrence is just the second rookie QB uh, to defeat Buffalo coach Sean McDermott. Uh, the other one, Sam Darnold, uh, funnily enough. But uh, the Bills, who for a lot of people were a, a Super Bowl fancy, I know you've been really impressed uh, with their season and, and how they're looking, but they're now 5-3, and three, and a loss to the Jags is um, almost uh, unforgivable in this season. <laughs> I don't know how a quarterback as good as Josh Allen and a coach as good as Sean McDermott. Like, how did how did this happen? I, I can't even fathom it. You know, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know if the players, you know, sort of had a letdown because they were thinking, oh, it's Jacksonville, we'll come in, all we got to do is show up to win. But let me propose another theory. Josh Allen went on the Monday Night Football Manning cast with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. He was on last week. Do you know, Sam, that every active player 
that has gone on the Manning cast on Monday Night Football has lost their next game. And that includes Tom Brady. Every single player that has gone on it has lost. I think that the Bills just fell victim to the Manning curse. It's extraordinary. I love that. I love that stat because I love that show. I'm a massive Peyton Manning fan, and um, I've, I've come to admire and respect Eli. How could you not? Two-time Super Bowl winner and to beat the Patriots both times. But that's a great show that they put on, and that's an extraordinary stat and I reckon that's one Rob that they're going to have a lot of fun with themselves uh, over the ne- over the rest of the year I will be interested to see if how many more active players they get to come on the show players believe in that stuff they, you know you don't mess with a streak and you don't mess with a curse it'll be I'll be fascinated to see they're going to be back this week when the Niners and the Rams play I will be really interested to see if they get an active player because at this point, like it, it's become a thing, right? Like players know about it. They're going to talk about it. So if you go on that show and then your team loses, guys are going to be looking at you in the locker room like, you did this to us. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the other great stat that was out yesterday from that game, uh, the, the Jags, and the Bills, is the Josh Allen v. Josh Allen contest. So uh, in the defensive unit for the Jags, there's a a player, Josh Allen. Uh, The quarterback for the Bills is called Josh Allen. And Josh Allen for the Jags had a pick, a fumble recovery, and a sack on Josh Allen, the quarterback, yesterday. That was a lot of fun. That was the first time that it ever happened in NFL history. Josh Allen, a player with one name, has never sacked a player with the exact same name before. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, it just was all part of what made a fascinating round. The other one, I suppose, it's not to be as it's not to cause as much alarm as that Bills loss and probably that Rams loss. But the Cowboys having another loss. Um, obviously, we know that the injury situation with Dak Prescott, um, but that uh, wouldn't have pleased Cowboys fans now going 6-2. and two. Uh, Denver have now won seven straight games against Dallas. But was there a game that, that stuck out to you yesterday, Rob, that you thought was a significant game and, uh, and, a, and an important game in the context of the season? Well, that Cowboys game I thought was important because, so again, we talked about seeding in the NFC. And Dallas is trying to win that number one seed. They want to be at home. They want to have the extra week off, especially with Dak. He's been, you know, banged up during this season. He's already missed time. He's already coming off a major injury, obviously, last year. And they didn't just lose to Denver. They got whipped. I know they scored a couple touchdowns late to make it look closer, but this was 30-0 to until the final five minutes of the game. They had just 290 total yards in the game. They absolutely got shut down, and their defense got exploited by Teddy Bridgewater, who's, I'm sorry, (laughs) he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know if, you know, good teams can make this a speed bump and not a pothole, so we'll see how Dallas responds. But I thought it was significant that they just came out and got crushed and by a much, much weaker team. Uh, Browns were, were pretty decent uh, on the recovery against Bengals, who have been good. They're both 5-5, five and five, so that division uh, becomes really interesting and, and quite tight now. But um, obviously the team to beat uh, for them is uh, Baltimore, who never let it be said that Lamar Jackson can't uh, orchestrate a comeback win ever again. He's done it, I think that's the second or third time this year, uh, and they were fantastic um, late against uh, the Vikings. Well, not only did Lamar Jackson come back, but he actually did it twice because there were two different points in that game 
where the Ravens were down by 14 points. And he still came back and won. And the other thing I think that's important for the Ravens is they're so good at overcoming adversity. Like you, they're like, uh, this is going to sound mean, but it's the only thing I can think of. They're like a cockroach. Like you just cannot kill the Baltimore Ravens. They come back twice. Then Lamar throws an interception in overtime and they still win the game. Like the, the Ravens are just hard to beat. They just keep coming at you. And I know that people, you know, had their doubts about them at certain times, but here we are. Nine weeks into the season, they're 6-2. and two. They're at the top of the AFC North competing for that number one overall seed in the AFC, and they just, they just win. They just find ways to win games. And I agree that the knocks on Lamar Jackson, you just keep checking them off this season because he keeps proving everybody wrong. Last one. Um, we've got um, some. Uh, we're very proud of our Aussies that are doing their bit uh, in the NFL at the moment. Uh, we've got uh, we've got punters. Uh, we've got positional players. Um, I just wondered whether you could give us some of the numbers that have come to your attention as uh, the premier uh, stats person, um, and so much more. Rob Stats Guerrero from SB Nation, their NFL podcast. <laughs> um, our punters, obviously, we've got some superstars there, but uh, Jordan Mylata, Adam Gotsis playing positions uh, at their clubs as well. What can you tell us about how our Aussies have been performing? Well, I saw two plays from Mylata this past weekend where he he's just blocking people into oblivion. There was one play right at the goal line where he just pushed his defender back. It had to be at least seven yards. And the only reason he stopped was because the running back scored a touchdown. So he didn't need to keep going. He could have pushed him into the next zip code, I think. He's just an, <laughs> an impressive, just throwing people out of the club. There was a play on pass protection where somebody was trying to come around the corner and he doesn't like engage. He just shoves the player out of the way and he falls over and gives his quarterback time to make a, a touchdown pass over the middle of the field. So Mylata has been very impressive to me. And then when it comes to the punters, and this is something I keep an eye on because, as you know, as you've said, I cover the Niners for Niners Nation, and their punter is Mitch Wisnowski, mm-hmm. who I have been saying has, has been basically one of the best 49ers all season. He's absolutely been killing it. And if you look, one of the, the best numbers I look at for punters is punts inside the 20-yard line because that's what you're trying to do when you punt the ball. You're trying to pin the other team as far back on the other side of the field as you can so that they have a longer drive to make to get points. And if you look right now, three of the top five punters in balls down inside the 20-yard line are Aussies. you got Michael Dixon in Seattle, Cameron Johnston in Houston, and Mitch Wisnowski in San Francisco at number five. So three of the top five at the, at the most important thing, I think, for that position in the sport are Aussies. Uh, it's sensational. We are very proud. Aaron Sipos as well with the Eagles uh, in his first season of the NFL. I think he'll end up getting into that group as well. Uh, he's just got a deadly... He was a professional Aussie Rules footy player uh, before he made the move over to the US to, to join the college system. And Jordan Berry uh, as well, still in the NFL too. Hey, um, Rob, it's always great to catch up with you, mate. Thank you so much. Um, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you again very soon. Thanks for having me. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.